That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Monday, March 16th. I am Kyle Hilliard, quarantined at home like the rest of you, I'm sure. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Microsoft goes into even further detail with the Xbox Series X. Animal Crossing New Horizons reviews are dropping online. Resident Evil 3 Remake is getting a demo, and Resident Evil Resistance is getting an open beta. There will be an indie-focused Nintendo Direct tomorrow. Control is getting its first big expansion, and Gamescom is still planned for later this year. Microsoft goes into maybe too much detail about the technical specifications of the Xbox Series X. Microsoft recently invited Digital Foundry, who are arguably the best technical analysts on the internet when it comes to video games, to visit its headquarters in Seattle, Washington to take an impossibly deep dive into the technical specifications of the Xbox Series X. And the results are impressive, but also dense and full of jargon. The deep dive, which is linked in the show notes, was written by Richard Ledbetter, technology editor for Digital Foundry, and it is full of complicated numbers and promises for what the system will be able to do, placed in the right hands. But there are a number of interesting details that inspire confidence in the system that don't read like Microsoft has delivered 12 teraflops of compute performance via 3,328 shaders allocated to 52 compute units from 56 in total on silicon, four disabled to increase production yield, running at a sustained locked 1,825 megahertz. <sighs> Which is an actual sentence from the article and really does very little to answer the question, will the games on Xbox Series X be good? Ledbetter writes that the Series X processor is actually capable of running four Xbox One S game sessions simultaneously on the same chip, which is exciting in terms of Microsoft's promised quick resume capabilities for the Series X. Ledbetter also writes, We saw Xbox Series X hardware cycling between Forza Motorsport 7 running in 4K60 Xbox One X mode, State of Decay 2 Hellblade, and The Cave, an Xbox 360 title. Switching between Xbox One X games running on Series X, there was about six and a half seconds of delay switching from game to game, which is pretty impressive. Microsoft wasn't sharing the actual size of the SSD cache used for quick resume, but saying that the feature supports a minimum of three Series X games. Some developers are actually already working on improving the games that have already released on Xbox One X. Ledbetter writes, The Coalition's Mike Rayner and Colin Penty showed us a Series X conversion of Gears 5 produced in just two weeks. The developers worked with Epic Games in getting Unreal Engine 4 operating on Series X, then simply upped all the internal quality presets to the equivalent of PC's Ultra, adding improved contact shadows and Unreal Engine 4's brand new software-based ray-traced screen space global illumination. On top of that, Gears 5's cutscenes running at 30 FPS on Xbox One X, were upped to a flawless 60 FPS. 
Those upgrades will apparently be available on day one of the Series X's launch, so you will be able to see those upgrades to that particular game right away, and it's safe to assume that many other games will also see improvements along those lines. And hey, speaking of older games, Ledbetter spoke at length with the team responsible for improving backwards compatibility for Series X, and they had some exciting details to share. Ledbetter writes, It likely comes as no surprise to discover that Series X can technically run the entire Xbox One catalog, but this time it's done with no emulation layer. It's baked in at the hardware level. Ledbetter spoke with Peggy Lowe, compatibility program lead for Xbox, and she said they're looking into potentially singling out certain games to receive additional upgrades beyond what the Xbox Series X will do automatically for most games. Ledbetter quotes Lowe saying, Things that we are looking at include improving resolution for games, improving frame rates, maybe doubling them. Microsoft's focus in terms of backwards compatibility, and for all games in general, is reducing input lag and screen tearing and implementing HDR functionality where they can. They showed Ledbetter Halo 5 running with HDR, which was something the backwards compatibility team was working on, and perhaps with the strangest show of backwards compatibility upgrades, they showed Fusion Frenzy, an original Xbox game that was basically Mario Party for Xbox with HDR improvements to the lighting, which is just so random, but very cool. Some other details about the system were also confirmed from the article that may have been shared before, but I wasn't sure. The system can be played horizontally, which is nice. It always bugged me that the Xbox One couldn't be played vertically, and also existing Xbox One peripherals will be compatible with the Series X. Though the article did not specifically call out Connect, I imagine it will be usable with games that have Connect implementation, but I would be very surprised if the Series X had the proprietary Connect port present on the original Xbox One console. I'm betting it's not there. It's a really great and super in-depth article with comparison screenshots and videos, and you can find a link to it in the show notes, but it is dense, and it's one of those things that my eyes just kind of glaze over while reading. Ledbetter wrote a great article, but getting into the weeds of technical specifications just does very little to get me excited about the future of a new console. I think it was smart of Microsoft to deliver these kinds of details by talking to the website that is the best on the internet in terms of breaking down technical specifications like this. But for me to get excited, I definitely need to see some games in action. I want to see and feel what makes the Series X's games better than those on the Xbox One. And it's really hard to do that by just telling me how much bigger the numbers are on this platform compared to the last. But I can confirm those numbers are a lot bigger than they used to be. Animal Crossing New Horizons reviews are dropping online this morning. The review embargo lifted this morning for Animal Crossing New Horizons, and so far, the game is receiving very positive reviews. My buddy Jeff Cork at Game Informer gave the game a 9 out of 10, writing, Animal Crossing New Horizons has something new to experience every day, and best of all, it's built on a foundation of joy and earnestness that's all too rare. If the trade-off is that I have to craft a few fishing poles, I guess it's worth it in the end. Samuel Claiborne for IGN also gave the game a 9 and wrote, The Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, and Super Mario each found new life on the Nintendo Switch, and following those games in kind is Animal Crossing New Horizons, an expanded, polished, next-generation reboot of a classic Nintendo game. 
Callie Plaguey has a review in progress over at GameSpot, and she writes, New Horizons certainly has a slower pace than other Animal Crossing games, partially because you have to work to get things up and running on the island at the start. And while I'm impatient to discover what upgrades might be coming my way, and I need to mess around with Island Designer more, I still feel as though I've done a lot on my island. There are lots more reviews out there worth checking out, but the big takeaway is that, surprise, Animal Crossing is good, and it's a great game to have on the Switch. I have personally always kind of struggled with Animal Crossing. People generally assume I love Animal Crossing because I like other Nintendo games, which is a fair assumption, but I can't help but feel like I am running on a hamster wheel when I play Animal Crossing. The tasks are all random and often just a variation on a handful of only a few things you can do. The rewards, like receiving a wallpaper I will never use, don't get me excited. And I can just never embrace the personality of the characters in my town. I just, I see the matrix when it comes to Animal Crossing for some reason. Where, in other games, I have no problem ignoring it. Talking to fans and reading about Animal Crossing on paper, I totally get it. You live in a lovely little town with a collection of charming animal friends, and you collect things to decorate and expand your home, but... It has just never clicked with me. I really don't know why. I think my family is going all in on New Horizons, so I want to give this one a shot and play with my wife and kid, but we'll just have to wait and see if this is the one that finally gets me to embrace Animal Crossing. I am pessimistic, honestly, but I am eager to give it a shot. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Resident Evil 3 Remake is getting a demo, and Resident Evil Resistance is getting an open beta. The Resident Evil 3 Remake, which includes the online game Resident Evil Resistance, releases on April 3rd, but starting on March 19th, you will be able to play a demo of Resident Evil 3, and on March 27th, there will be an open beta for Resident Evil Resistance. Outside of those dates, there aren't many additional details. It's unclear if progress will move forward into the full game, but I think it is pretty safe to assume it won't. Save progress moving forward to the final game is a pretty novel thing that doesn't happen very often. And as for the open beta for Resistance, we only know when it will start. We don't know when it will end, but the 27th is a Friday, so I'm thinking it will probably only be available for the weekend. The Resident Evil 2 Remake was my favorite game of last year, so I am very excited for 3. I admit, though, that I don't have the same nostalgia for Resident Evil 3 that I do for 2. Resident Evil 2 was my first Resident Evil game that I ever played, 
And the first time I played three was in the last six or so years, and I played it on my Vita. I enjoyed it, for sure, but it was not a defining video game experience for me. I think the remake of 3 will be a good game, though, even if I don't have a ton of affection for the original. I think Resident Evil 2 Remake stands on its own as being great, even if you've never played the original, and I am optimistic that 3 will be similar. There will be an indie-focused Nintendo Direct tomorrow. Despite all of the self-quarantining happening to everyone, myself included, Nintendo is still soldiering on with a Nintendo Direct presentation. It's an indie-focused Direct, and it will be happening tomorrow, March 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. It will apparently be 20 minutes long and focus on indie titles coming to the Switch. These are always fun to me. I love the first-party Nintendo Directs where surprise announcements like the remake of Link's Awakening happen, but the Indie Directs, where it's a 20-minute rapid-fire collection of little trailers for games I've never heard of, or games that I've been hearing about for a long time finally making their way to Switch, I think these Directs are always fun. I wouldn't expect any big bombshells, but there will definitely be some fun reveals and probably some surprise releases, too. The Foundation update is coming to Remedy's Control soon. One of my favorite games of last year, Control, from Remedy Games, the folks behind Max Payne and Alan Wake, is getting its first big expansion in the form of The Foundation on March 26th on PS4 and Epic Games Store, and then it's coming to Xbox One on June 25th. Control's story is intentionally ambiguous, and the trailer for The Foundation is no different, with its only bit of dialogue being this line right here. Trench is dead. I'm the only one left. Well, orders are orders, even if they come from a dead man. As far as gameplay goes, there is some interesting stuff happening in the trailer. It looks like there are new environments and outfits for protagonist Jesse Faden, but the more exciting tease from the trailer is a new ability where you can pull columns of material out from walls to attack enemies. There's also a sequence on a high-speed train and an enemy that looks like it has tentacles or something, maybe like wires, but uh, it's, it's very creepy. I really loved Control last year, but I am bummed about the disparity between the release dates of the DLC on the different platforms. Maybe this was clearly communicated at launch, but I missed it. If I had known this content was coming to PS4 and PC first, I would have played it on one of those platforms. I bought the Xbox One version, so now I am stuck waiting. And if I'm being totally honest, I am sure my interest will have waned to the point of no longer caring by the time it finally comes to Xbox One. Regardless of that, though, it looks like a cool expansion. Alan Wake's expansions were awesome. So if this can keep in line with those expansions, then I think it'll be worth checking out. Gamescom has not been canceled due to COVID-19 concerns yet. Many publishers left PAX, GDC, and E3 were wholesale canceled. Major esports events have been canceled. My kid is now a homeschooled kid for the foreseeable future. But it looks like Gamescom might still be happening. Gamescom is an annual gaming convention comparable to E3 that takes place in Germany every year and it released a statement this morning about its intentions related to the COVID-19 outbreak. 
In a tweet from the official at Gamescom Twitter account, it wrote, On March 3rd, the city of Cologne banned all major events with more than 1,000 participants up to and including April 10th on the basis of a decree issued by the state government on the same day. Since Gamescom takes place at the end of August 2020, we are currently not affected by this decree. However, we will, of course, follow the recommendations of the responsible authorities regarding major events, evaluate them on a daily basis, and make our decisions after careful consideration. The preparations of the hashtag Gamescom 2020 are continuing as planned, according to the current statutes for the determined date. The end of the statement also says that in the event of cancellation, attendees will be properly refunded. I optimistically hope that by August, COVID-19 will be a distant memory and we will all be debating whether or not we overreacted to the whole thing, which is a question we will never really be able to answer, but I would much rather have that discussion than be talking about the mistakes we made by underreacting. But in terms of the video game industry, if Gamescom 2020 still happens, it has the potential to be the biggest video game event of the year. If they don't happen digitally during June, the E3 plans and reveals that were canceled could move over to Gamescom, and all the game creators who didn't make it to E3 for various interviews could be at Gamescom to finally talk about all the things they didn't get a chance to talk about during PAX, E3, or GDC. It could make Gamescom 2020 this big, massive video game announcement week, which would be wild. I would be totally okay with that, especially if it means that COVID-19 is under control by then. That's it for video game news today. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. I'll take all that stuff. I'll take just your general thoughts. I want to read your emails on the podcast. So if you have an interesting thought about something I've talked about on this episode or a recent episode, shoot me an email. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator. I'm about halfway through Black Mesa on there. I play about three times a week. And you can also find me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.